It's the week of April 14th, and this is MASHCAST 121. industry public defender king of the south <laughs> and the scourge of ogremar nick zelenkevich i have to say i'm impressed that you have reflected my faction change in your titles did you change factions well i, I boosted an alliance character so now I have, i've been playing a, a level 90 uh worgen so yes i am no longer scourging iron forge i am scourging ogremar so okay because i just well, totally messed up there but yeah, but you covered for it very well, so well done. Thank you very much. And also here with the lover, the writer, friend of the people, ally from the Great White North, and also the champion of PAX East, Joel Couture. Joel, you are muted. <laughs> but I, again, I have failed at the mic. I have failed at the microphone. Ugh. That was Technology awesome. Technology continues to foil your plans. my best efforts at uh, speaking awesome. and using that, words to tell you stuff. That was great, Joel. It I'm, was I'm pretty sure you were saying something pretty cool, too. I wasn't. No? <laughs> Guarantee I wasn't. Okay. This is this is MASHCAST 121. We've done 121 of these. Actually, we've done more. And it feels like we've done every single one. <laughs> but it's it's a labor <laughs> of love at this point. Uh, but uh, let's see what, what we have today. Uh, a couple things. Uh, for CCP, uh, they dropped into the red, which I thought was interesting considering all the news and buzz uh, that was going on with CCP this year. Uh, Nick found an article talking about how uh, frustrating, frustrating games lead to violence, not actually violent games. And then also GameSpy is shutting down, so we're going to talk about that. But first off... We're going to start with Joel, since he was the only one from here that, that went to PAX East this year. So, Joel, how was your trip? Lonely. <laughs> it wasn't too bad, though. I uh, saw a lot of interesting things. Uh, there wasn't as many sort of big guys there this year. At least it didn't feel like it. Or maybe they just didn't want me playing with their games. It didn't sound like it, to be honest with you. Because they had a playable watchdog there, but uh, they didn't have enough appointments for me. So that game's probably fucking garbage anyway, because nobody's talking about it after that. <laughs> nobody's that is talking true. about Watchdogs Ubisoft. I, I did not see anything about it. You're absolutely right. I have, you know, that's the thing that got me about this year's PAX East is like I was like, oh, it sucks that I can't go. And I thought when PAX finally came around that I was gonna be hearing all this stuff, and um, I was gonna be a little upset that I couldn't go. But then nothing happened. Yeah, it's like, I forgot that it was going on. Yeah, it's been near silence from just about everybody. 
like it, it, I have trouble with it because I have trouble writing articles there. So I tend to write everything I see afterwards. But normally the big guys at least are talking about stuff, but everybody's really yeah. quiet. Yeah, I know usually like Square has like Square Enix has a a private room in the in the in the West End, like that hotel. Yeah. Uh that's right next to the um the convention center. Yeah. But I mean I I, uh, I don't know if they did that this year or not. Yeah, I don't think so. They had a booth on the show floor showing murdered soul suspect. Um uh, I didn't make it to that either. This is the what Joel didn't do at PAX cast, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Just leading right in with all the things I uh, I couldn't be bothered with that. Oh, I didn't do that either. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all I saw from uh, Square Enix, and I haven't seen anything on that game either. So that one's really quiet. Mm. So, so uh, what, what did Joel see at PAX? Joel saw the evil within. Joel was not impressed. Joel was not impressed. All this talk about Shinji Mikami bringing back horror, you know, Father Resident Evil, it's going to be scary again, kids. It's not. It's not going to be scary. It's going to be single-player Resident Evil 5, and that's what you're getting. Because it, it looks like a pretty... It looked like a decent action game. I, when I saw the trailer playing above the show floor, it looked like Resident Evil 4 again, which would make me perfectly happy. Resident Evil 4 was scary because the, the enemies were smart and they worked well together, and I always felt like I was basically a, a, an inch from being fucked completely. But uh, they showed a, a gameplay demo where buddy dude fella was just grab assing around this area. Um, it seems to be pulling from a bunch of different games all at once because it was like this big city that was like falling apart. So it was like post-apocalyptic, so I was really getting this heavy Last of Us vibe. And uh, we move on later to parts where you're, like, throwing bottles to distract some enemies. It's like, oh, God, it is the last of us. It is the last of us. <laughs> but then they start throwing ridiculous weapons your way. I, I think it's supposed to be 1930s era or something, but for some reason you're using a crossbow that shoots landmines. So I, I don't know what sort of sci-fi, steampunk, whatever the hell they're throwing together here like Bioshock feely thing. But it, and uh, the enemies, the enemy zombies were literally just sort of wandering around. Like you could stealth kill them, which again gave me kind of a Last of Us vibe. But the zombies didn't really seem to be put together in groups where they were any real danger to like somebody could sneak up on them. So the mobs just felt like tossed together from the trailer. So I just I wasn't really feeling it. And in case they haven't thrown enough games at you, they you guys like Pyramid Head, right? You guys who play Resident, uh, Silent Hill 2? Well, now you have Box Head. It's this guy wearing this steel box on his head that's wrapped up in barbed wire, because I guess that's scarier. Yeah, of course. It looks, barbed wire. Yeah, barbed wire. Scary shit, man. That's why people get that <laughs> on the biceps. So when they roll up their sleeves, I just run. You just run. It's scary. <laughs> Good point. I didn't realize that's why people put that on their sleeves. Uh, I don't know. It could be that because they're assholes. It's one of the mm. two. I'm not sure which. Good point. We'll need some science for that. But uh, anyway, they showed another area where Buddy was trying to like turn like cranks to like let gas out of the area, I'm assuming. Then anyway, Boxhead here was like following around, and he could shoot him a bunch of times, and Boxhead's like, front would like open up and puke blood everywhere, and Boxhead would drop. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. He's not that tough. But then, like, the box would lift into the air and grow a new body. 
like a ghost quality or something. And just, I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. It just looked really silly. Really? Like really silly. And like at one point, like the box like floats up on its own and like shoots tentacles out and like grabs on the buddy's head and he's like trying to push it off. And all I'm thinking is this is supposed to be scary. I don't know. So I, I don't know. I'm getting kind of a, a weird vibe from it that I just wasn't very impressed with it as a as a return to fear. But uh, but I've been really hard to please lately with horror games. So I don't, I think you might be horror jaded. I'm not sure. I think so because uh, I put a an article in your job box about how Outlast did nothing for me after 20 minutes. <laughs> nothing. Really? Like yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read that yet. Uh, yeah, no, I just dropped it in today. I was just—I've been tossing some thoughts around in my head, so maybe I am getting horror jaded. Yeah, I think you might be. Like, who knows that that ghost box thing may scare the shit out of somebody else. I suppose, yeah, it might get at least a decent jump scare out of you when that thing muckles onto your face. But I think like, when you play a lot of horror games, I mean, other things just aren't scary anymore. So for the person who kind of likes horror games, they they may get into it, you know. Yeah, but not Joel Couture. You, I mean, it does look like a, a solid action game, and maybe I'll like it. I just don't think I'll. I don't think it'll be amazing. I don't think it's going to blow anyone's mind. Right. When it finally comes out, so that's a bit of a drag because I was really looking forward to that being good with, with all the hype around it and Resident Evil's daddy working on it. But I guess we will have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also checked out the Borderlands pre-sequel uh, thing they played for us. Uh, looks neat. Uh, I guess it's taking place on the moon now. So lots of silliness involving moon gravity. Yeah. Like you can like shoot people and launch their bodies into space. Mm-hmm. And you can also, uh, you're required to sort of keep a certain air level. Uh, so you have like an extra breathing meter. But you can also use that air to like increase your jumping ability. Yeah. So there's a little bit of interesting interplay going on there. Uh, you also can't use fire effects unless there is oxygen in the area. So you can, so you're forced to like look for air or create air pockets if you want to burn guys. Uh, the other thing they seem to use quite a bit of was uh, they're really proud that they have ice abilities in the game now. Really? You can freeze guys with like ice bullets. And. Yeah. The next, I guess that was the next step because you had you had fire, you had uh, like explosive, you had uh, like acidic and, and like electric. Mm-hmm. So I guess ice isn't that that far fetched. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, go I ahead. guess I was kind of surprised that we hadn't had an ice one until now, but they said it was really apparently very hard to program. But that two K Australia got it really easily when they asked them to do it. So. Really? Like, we've had other games where you freeze people, like, infamous. Yeah, I don't know if they just <laughs> thought it was a funny story or what, but it just sort of made me like, really? You guys couldn't do ice ice powers? You know, I've been using ice powers since fucking Mega Man, you know? Freeze, <laughs> freeze people pretty good back in 1987. Yeah. I'm sure there's some uh, change in difficulty there, but I mean, come on, just freeze some motherfuckers. That, that's a little weird. But I do, when I, when I, uh... When I heard about that game, well, first of all, anything Borderlands related, like I'm gonna buy, like I'm gonna get into it, cause I like Borderlands one. I liked once I found a good partner to play with. Mm-hmm. Borderlands two, I loved that game. 
Uh, but still, it's it's one of those games that you have to find a good partner to play with. Uh, but yeah, I loved Borderlands too, and I'm going. I'm still going through the DLC because I just haven't had enough time to really play through it. But you know, any they could have put additional Borderlands DLC, even though I figured they wouldn't because they came out with that Game of the Year edition that had everything. Uh, so you know, they could have did that, or they did this, which this I think uh, you know, Randy specifically said. Um, well, Randy Pitchford. Like, I can't act like I'm on the first name basis with the guy. <laughs> but um, you play golf together. Oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> we play golf on Connect. <laughs> but uh, you know, he specifically said that this is not Borderlands Three. This is not Borderlands Three. He made that so clear during the announcement that I guess they're still working on a, a Borderlands Three, and this is something for the interim. Uh, I just have questions like, you know, how long is it going to be? Because Borderlands was long. Borderlands was long. Borderlands 2 was long. It's like a first-person shooter RPG. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's basically like it's an RPG slash dungeon crawler, but Mm first-person. And I'm like, how long is this going to be? Because now it feels like your space is going to be way more confined. I mean, you're you're on the moon, which is large, but still, (laughs) you know. Um so I'm curious how long it's going to be and how much it's going to cost. Those are my two questions for Mr. Pitchford. Unfortunately, they weren't answering any questions, and I didn't think of any when we were there. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I don't know. It it, it, it could be decent sized. Uh, I mean, they've got a whole different set of character lists, like uh, that they pulled from uh, the DLC. Uh, I don't remember many of their names. Uh, but one girl basically uses Captain America's shield, right? Which is I heard kind about of that. neat. And they threw in some other half cyborg dude from the DLC, and you can finally play as Claptrap, and then have no one want to join your party because Claptrap's fucking annoying. <laughs> I don't. I thought Claptrap was always funny. I did not. Hey. <laughs> but I can might be able to shoot him now more effectively, so that <laughs> makes me happy. Yeah, I was wondering, like, are they actually going to give him guns, or, like, what's the Yeah, deal? he was using uh, miniaturized versions of whatever guns he happened to hold. Really? Yeah. So he was using guns, just like regular folk, just honest working folk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess for the first time, you won't be playing Vault Hunters. You'll be playing people who are working for Hyperion. That's the backstory, right? Like, you're, you're going to the moon for Hyperion. Yes. Oh, oh, you as long so as you don't follow up questions and yes, they just sort of jumped right into it with gameplay and stuff like that. So they didn't really, really explain much of the backstory. It's my, it's my, from what I heard, you're playing as, uh, uh, I guess you're mercenaries for ha- Handsome Jack, like one of the guys. Did you play Borderlands 2, Joel? No, which made uh, me a poor choice, but uh, I, I figured I could figure out what was going on. Gotcha. So you don't even know who like Wil- Wilhelm is. They show him. No, yeah, that sounds familiar. That's one of the guys you get to play as, Wilhelm. Okay. Does he have Cyborg or something? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, they did show him. In the in, in in Borderlands 2, he's like pretty much fully a machine. He's one of the bosses mm-hmm. in Borderlands 2. Yeah, they said they were going to sort of explain over the course of the game why he becomes a boss villain. Yeah. Stuff like that. Because yeah, he, he works for Handsome Jack. Uh, and... I'm curious, like, you know, are you going to get to see Angel at the end, which you, I don't think either of you know who that is, because <laughs> neither of you play Borderlands. Uh, right the first one? 
the Borderlands too. Well, actually, yeah, she was in the first one too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I played through the first one all the way. Nick, did you play Borderlands? I played maybe a half hour of Borderlands two. Wow, so you didn't play Borderlands two? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, so Angel, uh, yeah, Angel. If you play Borderlands one, Joel, you know who Angel is. Um, yeah. yeah, you. So there's. Some, I don't want to. In case you ever play Borderlands two, do you have Borderlands two? No, I keep meaning to buy it when it's cheap, and then I keep missing it. It was on. Uh, it was on PlayStation Plus a while ago. No, we're gonna play it on PC the right way, Nick. It was on PlayStation okay. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> you should get it, Joel. We'll run through it, and we'll have a good time. But, uh, yeah, you do get to uh, something happens with Angel in the second one, and you actually get to meet her. So I'm curious uh, if you get to meet her, if you actually get to see the precursor to that in this game, which would be pretty cool, I think. I don't know. They didn't mention anything like that that I could remember. Well, they probably but wouldn't. I suppose they wouldn't keep that quiet. Yeah, they would, they would probably keep that quiet because, um, you know, it's it, it would be a big thing, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, what else? What else did you see? Uh, I got to play around with the Oculus. That was fun. How did you like that? Uh, I thought that was really cool. I mean, I'm still wondering what sort of games they'll do with it. But, uh... Just putting that thing on and being able to look around in like a 3D gaming space was sharp. Like it was really neat. Uh, interesting story. Uh, they put in a set of hands holding a controller when I looked down, so I wouldn't think. Uh, so I guess it would seem more normal to me because I'm holding a controller in my hands. I should be able to look down and see one. What I thought is I knew I had two hands holding a controller, and now all of a sudden I had two more holding another controller. So for a split second, my brain thought I had four hands. <laughs> really? wow. And I felt a little bit like an idiot, but like it, it does a really good job of sort of tricking your brain that you're in that space. The, the game I played was very simple. Um, it was just you were in like a little living room, and you had these two knights that you could move anywhere in the room that you wanted. And just had them fight each other. So I had them jumping on couches. I had them running near my chair. So like I was like completely turned around, like keeping up with the fight. Yeah. I don't know. It was butter smooth. Looked good. Like I could turn my head as fast as I wanted. I kept track with it. Um, I really liked it. Uh, it might only work it? for specific. Would I buy it? There's uh-huh. some decent horror games on it. You bet. Because my buddy was talking <laughs> horror games on that. I was like, I would shit myself. That would be friggin' immersive. If I'm thinking I have extra fucking hands, <laughs> I'm gonna believe in a goddamn monster chasing me in it. So, so would that box thing in the Oculus be scary if it was actually like attached to your virtual face? Yeah, it'd be probably pretty gross. That's the, that's the that's the key. Would the Oculus Rift make Evil Within scary? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh, we There were some other guys around the con who did... There were Oculus demos for other games where the Oculus wasn't quite calibrated right. And I was just talking with some guys in the van ride back to the hotel. And if that thing ain't calibrated right, that is a goddamn nightmare. Really? From what I heard. Yeah, he said he was turning his head one way and he was looking in like the complete opposite direction. He's like, uh... he said he never wanted to puke so bad in his life. <laughs> just instant mess. So I that, think that could go both ways. <laughs> exactly. So I think it'll be I think it'll be a pretty neat doodad. I still want to see what it's going to cost when it comes out, but I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's pretty cool. 
dude. If it costs as much as a console. Yeah, I'd probably pay that still. Really? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I might wait a little bit to see what kind of lineup's hitting it, but I don't know. A part of me is also afraid that I'll puke all the time while using it. <laughs> it's like, might be too much. Too much realism. Well, what else you got? What, what else was... Hotline Miami 2, Miami 2 is looking good. Oh, yeah, the I trailer mean, looked fucking incredible. Yeah, it just seems like faster paced with more masks. Yes. Hotline Miami. Like, what do you want? It's it's more of Hotline Miami. Uh, I never got managed to get to the head of the line. Because I, I don't think the dev understood that what I was trying to imply. <laughs> well, what were you trying to imply? That uh, he should put me in front of the line and play. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, were you flashing say, your badge? Yeah, I didn't want to say, cut these motherfuckers off, because it's news o'clock. Uh, that's yeah. exactly what you say. Yeah. No. That's, why, that's why your badge says media in big letters. That works on the World of Warcraft, guys, but how no, Miami does. people are homicidal group. Did it work they on just the World of Warcraft, me. Yeah, they gave me your beta code, no questions. Sweet. Well, yeah, but I think they were, they were giving those out like candy from what I heard. Yeah, but he's like, hey, baby. Codes. He's, just, make, he's just making it rain all the little sheets all over. Oh god, yeah. Well still nice. well we'll talk about what you could have did for how I have you later. <laughs> I have some I solutions for you for right. next year. I huh? mediated perfectly right to get into Oculus because I was pissed off. Oh really? They did it, this is just a stupid side story. But anyway, uh they said they weren't taking appointments for it, so I figured I'd have to line up like a regular schmuck. Yeah. So me and my buddies got at the got to the hall at eight o'clock, like two hours before the doors to the main expo hall open. Yeah. And we got in line. We had a good like a, I'd say about a hundred people in front of us, but that was it. Yeah. And then but for some reason the, the enforcer started us off in the third line and they started lining people up past that. But then as it almost got time to open, they started lining the people up in the first two lines as yeah. well. And they let the first two lines in first. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Ask me how happy I was about that. Yo, I would have, well. <laughs> we know, yeah, wow. I, I, I would have said something about that. I, I said something about it last year when mm-hmm. um, we were instructed to go, like the media was instructed to go one place. And then right before the doors opened, we were told we couldn't go that way. Yeah. You, <laughs> you got to, you got to, you got to, yeah, talk to the dude with the beret. <laughs> the dude with the, the bray I don't remember his name, but he he was the guy in charge. I, well, you should have definitely said something like, "Hey, dude, like we were here." But it's funny because it, it worked in my favor that nobody knew what was going on. Because on the first day, I walked under the floor at eight thirty before any other media did. And they just let me in. It's like, oh, oh yeah, media this way. It's like, uh, uh, all right. <laughs> like, I didn't see, they were still setting up, and I was just walking around by myself. It's like, this is awesome. <laughs> Did they do the uh, the advanced media access on Friday again? They did. I was the most advanced <laughs> <laughs> by accident. Wow. But they did it, but I didn't do anything with it, with my powers. I sort of took a walk, enjoyed the show floor before it got insane. Yeah. I got to try out uh, Darkest Dungeon, though. Those guys I interviewed a couple months ago. Right. The 2D RPG where you, your characters can go insane. Yeah. That was fun. I really like that game. Yeah, I've actually been trying to edit your uh your preview for that, but every time like I get halfway through it, it crashes and oh. <laughs> it pisses me off, so I'm like, you know what? 
someday. Someday we're going to get that published. <laughs> but go ahead, I'm sorry. But I really got a big kick out of it. Like, uh, he t- he was telling me stuff I could do to keep my characters from going insane. I'm like, no, 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 you're, you're misunderstanding me here. I want these guys fucking nuts. I want to see what happens. <laughs> so the first thing that, first guy that went was my, uh, my front row guy, my knight. Um, I guess I'll start off a little bit earlier. Um, each character has attacks that attack specific areas in a row. It's like you're all, you're on a 2D plane, so you'll have like your your tank guy in the front, and maybe a couple of range guys behind him, or like a cl- like a slightly close range guy behind him. Yeah. And then you'll, the enemies will be lined up similarly, usually like tank and ranged in the back, and you can only attack certain per- people. Like my range guy can throw like bombs, but they can only hit two guys in the back, and things like that. And everything is sort of dictated by this system. Yeah. So if I if I kill the tank in the front, the range guys move up and they lose most of their attacks. They can't use their bow anymore. They can't use like bombs or whatever. They're forced to use like a shitty melee, melee attack. Mm-hmm. And so you can sort of play around with that. But uh, with now this sort of explains why things became a mess so quickly with me. Um, my knight, my front row guy, went crazy early on. Like just it just flat out came down with crazy so he was just saying outlandish shit all through the fight and anytime i tried to heal him he was like i'm not gonna let you heal me you're a bear it's like why should i trust you you're a bear he was insistent that i was a fucking bear and he wouldn't let me heal him would not (laughs) and because he's saying crazy shit every time he does my whole party takes sanity damage because he's just being a nut. And like when he won't let me heal them, they take more sanity damage. So eventually they take so much that my highwayman, who's like kind of like ranged melee mix, uh, becomes fearful. So this means he'll either ignore me or he'll start moving back in the line and forcing a ranged guy ahead of him and then making his attacks less useful because he can't use them because he can't use them because he's too far away. Yeah. So that causes more trouble, which forces like one, like, like, my uh, plague doctor, who's like all ranged, almost to the front, and since my knight has no health because I can't heal him, he dies really quickly. So now I have a stupid ranged person in the, my lead spot who can barely do anything. So she gets picked apart really fast. My healer becomes abusive, so she starts just talking shit about my party all the time. So they're taking more <laughs> sanity damage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just like outlandish shit is happening. Uh, it literally came down to me and the final boss of the dungeon. We had one hit left each, and we both kept dodging. And finally, I got the last hit, killed the motherfucker. It was amazing. But uh, uh, those afflictions that they came down with, were he uh, the dev told me they would all be permanent. So I'd have to take the guys out to town and get them expensive therapy to fix it. Really? And all the party members that I let die, which was three of them, because I couldn't heal most of anybody, um, they were gone forever. So anything I'd put, any work I'd put into them, any levels, gone. They're dead. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of like a high tension, like solid RPG that's kind of like it's funny, but like uh-huh. when this stuff, this silly stuff is happening, you might laugh at it, but like you're really fucked when this is starting to happen. And when one guy goes, they all start to go. So it, it, I really liked it. It was like a really neat turn-based system. That to just uh, I felt like I had to think a lot harder than I usually do in turn-based RPGs. So I felt very involved, and just I just had a really good time with it. That was good. Yeah, you said that was like your favorite game for the show. Yeah, I probably say favorite game I put my hands on. 
Okay. Anything uh, else we should know about? Uh, there was a lot of little indie projects that uh, I'll probably just uh, do some write-ups on. Just because uh, I played a lot of, like, just small games this year. Like, uh, Echoes of Eridu is one, like, based on Mega Man X. They basically designed a procedurally generated Mega Man X game. Really? Yeah, we play Zero Rex, and they just build the levels from scratch. And great music, good fun. Like, if you're looking for Mega Man X, give it a shot. So you actually play a Zero or X, or do you play as... You play as whatever the fuck they call them. Yeah, you I guess what saying, yeah. Like them. Yeah, but uh, the gameplay is just as sharp as a Mega Man game. So I, I was really digging what I played. Like, I would I would have kept playing if they'd let me. Well, they would have let me, but other people should play it so that more people buy it. But, uh, I like it, and you can do a co-op, which is uh, one thing I've always kind of wanted to play a Mega Man X game on co-op. Right. And when you do, it just sort of widens the screen when you separate from each other, because I have a tendency to kill people while playing co-op games, because I get ahead of them. Uh, so that was well done. And I guess I played one more big game, um, Lichdom Battle Mage. Um, I've exactly. Never heard of that. Exactly. I hadn't either. Uh, it had kind of a Skyrim-y look, and the devs wanted to create a game where the, the mage was the badass. Okay. Instead of being like a glass cannon. And uh, I watched them play through a bit of it, and it looks, it looks really neat. Um, uh, you can create your own magic in it. So it gives you like a template for like what spell, like what element type it is. They showed, I think, fire, ice, and uh, I forget what it was called, like curse or something. It basically looked like acid damage, but anyway, you could create like shields with them that would like damage enemies that came near you, or like area of effect spells, or like more concentrated magic, and that seemed pretty neat. And you also had a uh, instead of like they said they didn't like the sort of like throwing spells and backing up that's common in a lot of these games. Yeah. So you have like a quick dodge where you'll shoot in one direction of your choosing, and you'll leave behind like a a bomb trap of like one element type. Yeah. So it kind of encourages darting around. You got like uh, a shield system, kind of like Borderlands, uh, to keep you going. So uh, it sort of made the game look like a, a Skyrim as a Twitch shooter. Okay. Like fast paced, like really cool. And it looked hard too. Like the dev was getting his ass beat by the boss. Like he <laughs> lost like three times. He's like, all right, I got to stop talking to you so I can like actually beat this guy this time. Right. That's but, uh, the dev, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that has me excited and worried. It's like, <laughs> if he can't fucking beat his own game, shit. But uh, I'm not really doing it justice in just what I'm saying here, but it, uh, look up the look up videos on it. It's uh, Just look into it. It's It looks really sharp, and it's come completely out of nowhere for me. Okay. Uh, my computer is definitely not going to be able to handle that, and that upsets me because he gave me a Steam key to let me start playing it now. Oh, awesome. So, might have to ste- sneak onto the girlfriend's computer. I was I was curious to see what you have to say about Paxil. We didn't hear anything. Yeah, it's, it was eerie quiet. Like, there's not a lot of talk about much of what went on there. This is the quietest Pax I've seen in a year. Like, well, it's the quietest Pax East, period. Yeah, I like normally I, I like I check around to see what everybody else covered to see what I missed because I mean it's impossible to catch it all in three days. It's literally yeah. impossible. But uh, there wasn't much else. Like I saw a lot of the the big stuff. The only one I missed was Evolve, which is sort of like Left for Dead. 
but with like a big monster dude instead of like zombies. So yeah. I don't know. People were liking that, but other than that, I didn't hear much of anything. That is strange. Did you get a chance to check out the uh, the new fangled diversity lounges or the diversity lounge? I walked past it, and it was just like a, it looked like an information center on like a couple of like like a diverse cons or something. I, I don't know. I didn't feel really really feel I needed to step in like pick up pamphlets or anything. So I just sort of kept on keeping on. Like there were people in it, and eh, I don't know. I guess if you need that kind of information there, it was available. But as a as a member of the Canadian minority, did it make you feel any more accepted and welcome there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was nice for people who want that information, but I don't know. It's good that it's there. It. it, it but. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand the whole point of that in the first place. I mean, PAX is a diversity lounge itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I so think... so many types of people that come there. Yeah, I think that uh, people put a lot of stock into it being Mike and whatever, the Jerry's con, but yeah. it really doesn't feel like it's theirs anymore. Like, I know their name's on the on the label and some people are mad at Mike about some shit he said and, and whether I don't care whether I believe you have a right to be mad at him or not, whatever it doesn't matter to me, but it doesn't really feel like it's their convention. Like it still feels like lots of everybody being friendly to lots of everybody. I mean, uh, the double clicks played their song on uh, fake geek girls, uh, before the entire concert hall. And I thought that was going to be a nightmare, but oh, really? they got like a standing ovation for it. Hmm. So I think PAX is more accepting than some people who think it's not, think it is. But then again, I'm white dude, so what do I know? I'm not going to see the CD underbelly. See, that that was going to be my follow-up question was, do we think that one of the reasons that PAX was so quiet this year was because a lot of developers were ardently not going because they didn't want to support uh, some of the perceived bigotry coming out of the Penny Arcade headquarters? I don't know, because the big guys were still there. Like, Microsoft was there. They are just showing games that had already come out, so who gives a fuck? Um, Ubisoft was showing Watch Dogs, but apparently no one cared. Maybe uh, it was just a video. Are you sure it wasn't was it playable? Or? Uh, I thought it was supposed to be <laughs> playable. They love, they love those fucking videos. You wait in line, and you no. go into this dark room, and it's like, watch this movie. Yeah. It's like an amusement here, here, park ride. Here's a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's Bateman. They tell you to get the fuck out. That's yeah, yeah, how it is. yeah, but they, they did that last year for Assassin's Creed, but Assassin's Creed was a good six months away from release. This is true. Like, Watch Dogs comes out next month. I think, the, I think the press email said it was playable, but I don't know. I could, I'd have to pull it up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was playable. If it was a video, that would be a slap in the fucking face, and that would explain why nobody <laughs> watched it. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, they, yeah. they love those videos. And, like, Bethesda was there, but they were showing Wolfenstein, which they tried to make look amusing, but I'm sure it's just going to be another generic shooter. And, I don't know, Borderlands guys were there, but I just, I don't know if anyone cared or not. Because, like, there's big games with, like, big releases. I mean, Wildstar was all over the place. Yes. Yeah, that's getting ready to come out soon. Yeah. But uh, uh, I don't know. Everyone was real quiet. Oh, I mean, I was, I was just very surprised at how quiet it actually was. Um, 
the indies there. Like, did you get a chance to play Transistor? No, I didn't. You're fired, Joel. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll just pack up my stuff. <laughs> get it in my own house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, I, Transistor was one of the games I wanted to see that comes out next month, but I had Shit, a... Shit, is that close to release? Yeah. Uh, so, like, that game, I know they had a demo there, I just don't know what part of the game they, they were going to show. It, it was very interesting when I played it last year. I think I wrote something up about it. It feels that feels like that last year feels like so far away. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm thinking about hitting Pack Seattle. We'll see if that's something I can do uh, to about, make up for me missing missing Pack East. But what, what about Pack South? That's <laughs> next year. It's like in January. Yes. And I'm already I'm gonna go to Magfest next January, so I'm skipping Pack South. Good call. Yeah. Plus, it's what the, you see at Magfest. Yeah, it's the first one. It's the first one. It's gonna be all right. It's the one that's right after the first one. Is gonna be awesome. Yeah, because the first one's the one where they figure out every wrong way to do everything. But shouldn't they know the wrong way to do everything? Because it's the same people that did Pax East. Why would you let? Why would you make people line up in the third spot? And then when you're gonna let the first well, then, two spots in, so they, they haven't figured anything. Yes, yeah, so they haven't figured anything out. So they're not. Then they're not going to figure anything out for the second year. They yeah. don't know anything. <laughs> no, like they the, the, whole, learn the, the enforcer thing. The enforcers. Don't get me wrong. They, I'm, I don't want to say they're a problem, problem, but like there's always miscommunications between enforcers every year. Yeah. Every year that like we experience an issue because of miscommunications between enforcers. Like last year when they had the thing where, um. You know the media. Did, you, did they have that this year, where the media got to go after the show? The mixer? No, they didn't have that at all. They started kicking everybody out. So no, no mixer this year. Yeah. Um, cause I think... Which is a shame because uh, I told one of the devs that I thought it was happening, and he seemed really, really happy that he could have a beer soon. So I yeah. think I broke his heart. <laughs> yeah, like the mixer. I, the way the mixer turned out last year, like I think I was one of the only media people that actually went and talked to the devs that like had a beer with the devs, like. I was over chilling with the guys from Twist, Twisted Pixel. Yes. Yeah, I was bugging the guys with, uh, from uh, Shovel Knight during that. That was great. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people just stood there and drank the beer and talked amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the same people. Like, yeah, we had a long conversation with one of the guys from CCP, actually. Um, but, yeah, it was... <laughs> what? That's, no, I remember the one guy came over with the uh, with the with the cell phone. He's like, "Something's wrong with my phone." And then his his uh, his uh, icons on his phone started shaking. Yeah. And then it did, his phone did the Harlem Shake. Yeah, it did. Which yeah. at the time the, the Harlem Shake was that was old, think, but not was, as old as it is now. Yeah, that was that was Black Bible from uh, Fit Gamer or what website yeah. was he from? Yeah. So I I remember that. Um, but yeah, like I, that's why I don't think they. He did the mixer this year, uh, but the mixer was was pretty cool. Yeah, but like that during that last year, we had enforcers saying, "Okay, oh your media, okay, come this way, come this way, come this way," and then we go in, and then they're like, "No, no, you're supposed to be out there. Get out, get out." <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so you had enforcers like you know tons of miscommunication among enforcers. That's why we had. That's why I had to go talk to the guy with the beret last sat like the last year on the Saturday. Because we of need miscommunication. miscommunication. Go ahead. We need enforcers on the payroll. Yeah, enforcers on the payroll. One of us, <laughs> two of us will get media badges. One of us gets an enforcer badge, and then boom, our powers combine, and we rock that shit. 
That's not a bad idea, Nick. <laughs> uh, stroke my beard that's coming in right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it's quiet. Yeah. So, but uh, thanks for going, Joel. I I was like, man, it sucks. He's gonna be the only guy there. He's gonna be all on his shoulders. The weight of I, mash those buttons on his shoulders again. God, the weight of the fucking emails. God, they still haven't stopped. They really? still haven't stopped. It's gone. It's over. I can't go back. Stop <laughs> sending me emails. Oh yeah, like people that you talk to, especially if you gave me a business card, like they'll they'll oh, keep yeah. hitting you up. Uh, which is fine in some cases. In other cases, it's like, ah, I'm not going to write about your game because I'd only write something bad about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you really want me to do this to you? Because I'm going too soon if you don't yeah, stop. Yeah, like, uh, that's not, that's not. So, yeah. But, yeah, thank you for for going and checking it out and seeing what's going on. No problem. It was a good time, and I got to bring back a bounty of your delicious cherry Coke. Oh, you yeah. You here. Oh, you don't really? have cherry coke in Canada? No, no cherry coke. I've That's already not... gone through one case of it. It's really? gonna be a problem very soon. You were able to get that across the border? It wasn't. Uh, it's not contraband. No, they didn't stop me. I was sweating at the border. If they <laughs> opened the trunk. It would have been all over. <laughs> I didn't realize you lived in the third world. Yeah, exactly. No cherry coke. No vanilla coke. Nothing to see here. A. Eh? Yeah. Nothing. I hope you like your coke. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you have to, so you have to buy grenadine and actually put it in yourself. Yes. Wow, that's mm. terrible. It's a rough life. That is, that is rough. That is rough. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Got some more time left. There's a couple other things that we want to talk about. There wasn't much happening in the news realm over the last two weeks because uh, we did miss a week, and I thought that's I thought PAX was going to be packed with information because of this, but I guess not. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about. The CCP, uh, and they make EVE Online, for those who don't know, they uh, had their earnings call, and they actually dropped into the red. They had posted a loss of $21 million for uh, 2013, which is um, a big drop from the $4.6 million profit they had the year before. And uh, it looks like they're blaming it on the R- an increased R&D budget. Uh, but the fact is that they they actually there was a vampire MMO that they're working on called World of Darkness. Oh, don't 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 call it a vampire MMO. It's way more than that. <laughs> Nick seems to be sensitive about that. We're gonna get back to it. <laughs> but there was a, 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 a MMO, and it says it says it right here, a vampire MMO called World of Darkness that was canceled. No, 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 not uh, the vampire MMO. The Vampire. And Vampire is capitalized, and we'll get into that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was canceled. Actually, the studio that was working on it, um, they lost uh, 56 jobs there. Actually, I'm pretty sure they they closed the whole studio. Yeah. yeah, It was a CCP Atlanta right down here, Dirty South. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, some of that is probably, it relies on, um, like, EVE Universe properties like Valkyrie uh, Online and and Dust of 514, but a big chunk of it is the fact that they, you know, were putting money into R and D for the world of darkness. And then that's not coming out at all. They're, they're completely losing that. Now, before I get into my, what I want to say, I really want to know why Nick, why are you so, why are you so big on this vampire MMO? Because it's, it's, it's the, I played the worlds of darkness, the original 
um, role-playing game that it's based off of. Not the, 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 the pen and paper role-playing game. I have the books. I could pull them out of my closet if you want. Okay. Do um, it. <laughs> there was Vampire the Masquerade, which is the one that this is based off of. So I'm ve- very familiar with the lore, and I was looking forward to this. My favorite was Mage the Ascension. And that, you know, and I was hoping that they would start off by introducing the vampires, get everybody into the world that way, and then they'd start rolling in some of the other parts of the mythology. I know there was talk about Garu, which is the werewolf book. Uh, there was Changeling, which was the elf book. Nobody really, well, we didn't really care about that, but that was still good, though. But, but um, no, but but the, the World of Darkness was a very deep, rich mythology, and it was great source material for an MMO. So for them to be pulling from that, yes, this was focused on the vampire aspect. And the vamp, I mean, and that's sort of the thing is the vampire aspect itself, you know, it stood on its own, but it had all these other mythologies that all built together. And they all had their own sort of apocalypse myth that all kind of tied together. And they actually destroyed the whole universe and then brought it back in a reboot. Um, I haven't played the game probably almost close to 20 years at this point, which is terrible. But no, I love that game. I played. I don't know if anybody here played Vampire: uh, The Masquerade Bloodlines, the old PC game. I that, bought it it's like used because I desperately want to play it because it looked really fun. It you well, you have to download some of the uh, if if you download some of the patches that were released after the game was officially canceled because um, there is there are some patches that the fans put together to put out and put more content in there. Um, but that game was great, um, and it really it set up. The it's it's it, it set up the, the the vampire mythology in a way that was playable, and so as a fan of the Worlds of Darkness, I'm disappointed that this got canceled because I was seriously looking forward to this game. I don't know how good it would have been um, because I mean, again, there is sort of the you know the, there is the execution factor to look at, and I guess if it got canceled, they weren't doing very well on that front. But I was very hopeful for this. I was looking forward to them bringing in some of the other mythologies. Um, but even then, playing the vampire stuff. Um, you know, getting to play, you know, the clans versus the Sabbat uh, and the Camarilla, um, you know, that all would have been fun. And one of the interesting things that they were going to do is they were going to try to, you know, EVE Online is very player run. Um, the government, well, the, the, what is it? They have the corporations there are all player run. And, you know, like basically like CCP sets up the universe and then they just kind of give it over to the players. And they're like, look, we'll take care of, you know, making sure that like, you know, all the everything, you know, moves forward, you know, one day at a time, but you guys just take what you want and do with this stuff, what you will. And, and we, we always get, it seems like every few months there's another article, like Eve has its biggest battle ever. And, you know, like millions of real dollars are lost in ISK. And then they show you the conversion rate for that and how long it takes to actually build some of these class ships. And vampire wouldn't have had that, but it did offer the premise of, sort of trying to replicate the vampire political hierarchy through the player base where, you know, you have each of the clans and each of the clans is a representative that they send to the ruling council. That's the Camarilla. And then, you know, they, they kind of like lead that way. And basically the player base would have selected their clan leaders to sort of rule together. And then you would have had players with actual power in the game, lording over everybody else. And kind of, you would have had different cities warring with each other. And, and the, the premise of what they talked about sounded ripe with potential. And so I was excited for this game. So for them to say that this is canceled one, I can kind of see how maybe they overpromised that some of these systems maybe just wouldn't work in an MMO or at least not to the degree that they would have wanted. But two, it, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm this, uh, I take this cancellation personally. It's very sad. Obviously you do. Cause I don't care about anything you just said. <laughs> God, that was amazing. 
was like Dungeons and Dragons meets explosion. Like, good yes. job, Nick. Yes. <laughs> Except it was all D- it was all D10s. They didn't use any D20s. Dude, I'll this be man perfect. suffers. He suffers real pain of this cancellation. We I'll didn't be... know, Nick. I wouldn't have been flipping about it. I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. After Dark, I don't give two shits about vampires. <laughs> dark did ruin. <laughs> dark vampires. ruined vampires for me. Period. Yeah, I, I don't think I can watch. And I loved vampires. Blade. Yeah, <laughs> it was like whatever Blade's opposite was. It was like Dark was 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 terrible Blade fan fiction, mm-hmm. and it ruined va- any anytime I see anything have to do with vampires. It's true. I start thinking of Dark. I oh, my stomach like, like turns I, up. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see it. The only thing I could that could bring it back is if they start making Legacy of Kane again. That, yeah, that, that would be pretty solid. That would be pretty solid. Hopefully, hopefully, as long as the guys from Dark doesn't do it. <laughs> Those guys should be allowed guys... to make games. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Here, now here's the here's what I have to say about this whole situation. Um, first of all, like it's a, it's a huge shock to me because Eve had some really big had a lot of good press this year, you know, because of how the you know the economy works and these huge battles and how they handled it and stuff like that. Uh, and I think you know they have a. I I blame I don't blame it on Dust Five One Four. I mean I think Dust Five One Four is doing all right, you know. Uh, and of course Dust Five One Four has a big as a big part of the R and D budget that went to you know for last year. But I think having Dust Dust Five One Four be a PS3 exclusive was a huge mistake. I think a lot of this money could have been made up by making sure Dust Five One Four was playable on PC. I think so. Like free to play does not thrive on console yet. I mean, there are some free to play no. successes, but free to play is thriving on PC. Mm-hmm. Ghost Recon, actually, Ghost Recon Online is now called Ghost Recon Phantoms. Uh, Loadout, Hawken, all these games doing great. You know, Tribes even still. League of Legends. All all these games doing great free to play. And if Dust Five One Four was on PC. I think this this loss, this twenty one million dollar loss, could have been patched up a a bit, you know, quite a bit. Because if Dust Five One Four was on PC, I'd be playing it. It's one sale right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'd be playing it, and I buy vanity items. My Hawken mech is like red and shit. It's got a mouth on it. It's awesome. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you that that. Putting Dust 514 on PC wouldn't have helped, but revenues did increase from 56.3 million to 76.7 million. So there's still like a $20 million increase in revenue there. The problem is they had the problem is that $40 million in R&D costs, which we talked about. And that it looks like, as they say, a large chunk of that was that they had to accelerate the costs from closing down CCP Atlanta. Yeah. So I I acknowledge that. Yeah. So it's, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not, I can't again without like hard numbers. I can't say that you're right or wrong. That... Of course, I'm right. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I feel like this is mostly like they're they're in the red mostly because of like accounting spe- specificities. If they could have written off that loss in some other fashion, they might have been like, "Oh, we're still in the black, and we lost forty million." But... Yeah, I mean, look, I no, I'm not saying I I, I didn't I didn't blame Dust Five Four. I'm just saying. It would they would have been better off 
if they would have uh, if they would have put Dust Five One Four on PC. There's a chance that instead of having a loss, they could have just had less of a profit. So if they want to have a great 2014, 2015, Dust Five One Four goes on PC. If they aren't already working on that, start working on that. That'll fix their company. Everything's great going forward. One hundred percent, because Jared Redding said it. <laughs> See, if you had been at PAX, you could have told them this in person. You yeah. could have ran to their booth and told them, I can fix things. I'll be honest with you. When I played Dust 514 at PAX last year, first of all, I was just very confused because I was like, they gave us no instruction at all. They just let us hop on, and then we shot at each other, and that was it. So, whatever. But yeah, CCP in the red, I don't think they're in really any danger, danger. I mean, how many years has Nintendo had losses, you know. Uh, but then again, they, they, CCP has never had a Wii, so <laughs> they, they may not have those money pillows to to fall back on. They can just put out another eye patch and Eve and they'll make a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah. Or put Dust514 on PC. <laughs> <laughs> I'd play it. I'd play it. I was, I was very interested in it. And then when they says PS3 only, like, oh, it's a shooter for PS3 exclusive? I'll pass. I don't like playing shooters on PS3. I really don't. Actually, the closest thing I, I like to playing a shooter on PS3 is, like, Killzone Mercenaries. <laughs> on my Vita. That's the closest thing I get to liking the, uh, a FPI, a first-person shooter on the, on the PlayStation. Just don't like the controls. But that's a topic for another day. Let's uh, move on to the article you wanted to bring up, Nick, about the frustrating games leading to violence. Yes, uh, there was a study done. Uh, let's see here. And basically what it was is um, we always see these, these studies, air quotes for those listening, um, all the time that sort of link violent content in video games with violent outbursts. Um, and so two researchers here, uh, let's see here, it looks like uh, – it looks like this was over at Oxford University. There was uh, Andrew uh, Prishbilsky and uh, Richard Ryan. Um, what they did is they did a bunch of studies to sort of – they did – I think it was – it said over 600 tests. No, it was over 600 college students who participated. I think it was over like 300 tests um, where they um, sort of tried to account for different variables and what leads to – uh, aggression. What they did is they had people put their hand in cold water for 25 seconds before playing a game, and they were told that the amount of time that the, their hand was in the water was based on, you know, what was decided by somebody who had, you know, come through the test before them. Um, even though it was set 25 seconds every time, then they were given, uh, in, the, in what I read here, they were given a version of Tetris to play. They played Tetris. And then at the end of playing Tetris, they were asked, how long would you have somebody put their hand in the cold water for? And they found that when they increased the difficulty of Tetris, which again, Tetris, not a violent video game, unless you count like the disappearance of blocks to be violence. Um, so, it was, you know, it's a straightforward puzzle game. Everybody's familiar with it. Not, you know, no, no violence, no, no, you know, assault or anything like that within the, the, the concept of the game. Um, but they found that when they made the game sort of unfairly difficult, that people would would uh, tell you know they would have the next group of people put their hand in the water for ten seconds longer than people who played the easy version, and so what they're basically saying is kind of something that when you think about it you're like of course that's obvious but unfortunately we need to we need to you know sort of 
explicitly define these obvious facts because there are a lot of people out there who try to use research to prove their own agendas. Um, but basically the, what's obvious here is that if you play a hard video game, and not just a hard video game, but sort of an unfairly hard video game, basically you play a hard video game and you're frustrated, it leads to sort of violent acts. And I mean, it's you can kind of say like, well, you know, does... I, like, I wouldn't even call that violence. I call that aggression. Yes, yes, aggression. I call that aggression. Yes. When you say violence, it's like, you know, you get the block instead of the square. Oh, so you get, like, you know, the stick instead of the square, and now you go punch somebody in the face. Well, <laughs> that's well, violence. No, but, but if you, well, you throw your controller. Like, you know, some, you know, you, you know, and that, that, is that it, you know, violence? Like, well, you, violence would be throwing your controller at somebody. Uh, you, throwing your controller is aggression. I know the difference. I've done both. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, so you're saying the violence is just targeted aggression? Yeah, yeah. Vi- I think violence has to be committed against a person. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. I can't commit violence against a controller. It can't feel. Oh, I commit violence against a controller. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the right game. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it, it seems like aggression. Like, oh, you're frustrated, so now you want to, you know, you want the next person to suffer along with yeah. you. But it's then- like, um, you know... Sometimes when I lose in StarCraft and I'm really frustrated, so I'll send a message to the person that caused us to lose, you know, to try to make them feel really bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's aggression, not violence. Yeah, but, but, but I guess my point is that they, they went out and they basically said, like, we play these games that have the, the potential to frustrate us. And they kind of, you know, sort of proved, like, when you're frustrated, you're more likely to be a dick. <laughs> Yes, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what happens when you're frustrated. It's the same thing like, I mean, you know, you put somebody in any situation like, oh, hey, sit in traffic for two hours. Now come home and it's like, you might be a dick because you just sat in traffic. It's frustrating. (laughs) So, I mean, but the thing is, though, the thing is, though, there are a lot of people who they look and they say, oh, well, you're being a dick, but you're playing Call of Duty. It must be because you're running around shooting people that you're a dick. Uh. And it's like, no, it's because everybody else is using aimbots and it's frustrating to play that's why i'm a dick no, so but then it goes the other way too because there's times where i am just like completely rolling people on like let's say tf2 and i'm still a dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that might say more about you than it does Maybe. about the. i remember <laughs> i remember we uh we i was playing loadout and i don't know if i had this on stream or not but we uh we had we were playing loadout and there were two guys on our team. I carried the team to victory by a couple points, and I started saying something to one of the other guys. He was like one in fifteen, uh, and I was like, you know, one in fifteen over there, and I just kept kind of pushing him, and then he finally responds with. One and suck my dick. <laughs> That's how he responded back to me. And I couldn't be happier because he was so salty about the situation. That was the best thing he could come up with. There was so much salt in that statement. It was awesome. It was so awesome. But uh, I don't do that all the time. But I was just I was frustrated that he was dying so much and giving the other team points. <laughs> that was that was frustrating me about that, and so I I, I poked him a little bit. I'm too old for that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm too I'm too old to be doing that. But I'll be damned if it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't really think. Uh, 
I don't really think they're telling us anything we don't know, but it's good they put it into study form. Yes. I see for me, because I, you know, I'll live alone. Like, you know, I'll have like a frustrating game of Starcraft and I'll just like turn it off and go watch TV. Yes. And I don't have anybody to be aggressive to. Oh. But I'm like, yo, if I, if I had a wife or a girlfriend, would I just like now verbally take it out on her? <laughs> you were never nice to my mom. <laughs> you know, something, something like that, you know? So. I don't know. It's <laughs> well, no, it's but no. I mean, it, like, I think that's the. Th- I mean, that's really the main point here is that I think as gamers we all have those experiences. Like even me, like I know sometimes I play Hearthstone and it's like, okay, you know what? I get I get like a shitty hand and I get beat easily and I'm like, you know what? I just gotta you know step walk away. Like we know we know that games can be frustrating. I, I think it's part of the appeal is if it was easy all the time, that there's sort of no fun in that. I mean, it, well. It's it's a different kind of fun, but you want you need that challenge. But with challenge comes the risk of failure, and so you know we have to learn how to manage that. But the point is that there are there there's there are people out there who have an explicit agenda that all violent video games are terrible because they lead to people shooting and stabbing and and all kinds of you know real world horrors, and that's not exactly the case. Um, you know, so it's good to see that somebody's kind of doing research and saying, like, look, like, you know, some of those feelings of, of you know, frustration and aggression, like, they're not born out of what the game contains. They're born out of the concept of the gameplay. And, you know, it, it's it, it doesn't just apply to, oh, you know, I'm shooting somebody in the game. Now let me go, you know, get angry and shoot somebody. No, because it's like you could be playing Candy Crush and get angry and, you know, not shoot somebody, but, you know, have those feelings of rage. I mean, rage quitting happens in all games. It's not just, you know, shooters and grand theft auto and stuff like that yeah yeah well this is something that we know but it, it's good that uh that, that it's in study form now yes but it's not like the people who are uh you know against games or saying that games cause violence it's not like they're gonna read this no <laughs> <laughs> no so. not at all but it's it it helps because it so, somewhere there'll be a debate and somebody can now cite this and Everybody else can ignore the facts. Yeah. So, well, let's move on to our last topic, which I don't know should be a little short. I mean, we we all knew that game GameSpy was shutting down. Uh, everybody except Joel, except me, because Joel know doesn't know what GameSpy is, and you know, I'm gonna take a trip down memory Wait, lane. Go they don't have they don't have Cherry Coke or GameSpy in Canada, is what you're saying. Well, they probably have GameSpy. I just out of the loop for that. <laughs> I I remember the symbol. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna I want to take a little trip down memory lane for GameSpy because it was a good service for a long time. It was the service for online games. Like I'm talking, my first GameSpy actually it wasn't my first GameSpy. The first thing I remember I remember playing GameSpy on heavy was Alien vs Predator, like the original game. Like and that was just that multiplayer was so awesome. Uh, where you know. And they fixed a lot of stuff in Alien vs. Predator 2. Well, not fixed it, I should say. They balanced it. Kind of. In Alien vs. Predator 1, like, I think the game was, like, perfectly balanced because if you were the alien, you were super fast and you could use that, that quickness to your advantage, but the Marines had weapons, uh, and so they can, you know, use that to their advantage, and the Predators were fucking Predators, so you know what they could do. And I remember getting so good at the game, I could do, like, a drive-by um, you know, like uh, use the second mouth because, like, the, to use like the uh, the smaller mouth and the uh, in the in the multiplayer, you had to perfectly line up the player's head in the middle of your screen, 
and then the second mouth would appear, and then you clicked and boom, it would kill him. It was an instant kill. And we got so good at that because we used to play it in school, you know, doing stuff, doing being very productive there. And I got so good at it, I would just be able to do it like in a drive by, like in, a, in an instant, and uh, or take my tail and like pop somebody's head off in a second. It was really cool, and that was that was nice. Uh, so that used Game Spy. Game Spy's biggest accomplishment to me was bringing forth Xbox Live. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I yes. honestly think without Game Spy arcade, uh, Game Spy Tunnel. I don't know if Microsoft would have really pushed for Xbox Live. Maybe? But GameSpy Tunnel was how people played Halo together across the internet. And I actually, when I, I, um, when I was using my Xbox a lot, and we're talking years ago at this point, I bought a, I bought a video. I, I bought... Oh, go ahead, Nick. No, I just want to say, tell us the story about when you were talking to Xbox support and you had to tell the story. Yes, that's what I, that's the story I'm getting into now. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> so, like, um, I'm on the phone with Xbox support because I bought this video, and uh, it stops playing at 40 minutes. Like, right at the very end, I was really pissed off. I was playing, it goes black. Something's wrong with the video. And the guy from Xbox support's trying to help me out, and he's like, okay, I got to talk to, I, I pushed up to tier two, and he's like, well, I'm just waiting for a response. And so we're waiting there, and he's doing stuff. And he's like, hey, so I see you had Xbox Live since the day it came out. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, on the original Xbox? I'm like, yeah. He was like, what did you do before Xbox Live? And I felt like a grandfather telling war stories because I'm like, oh, well, we use this thing called Games by Arcade. And I started talking about it. And it sounds barbaric now. Like, but at this point, it sounds barbaric. But basically what you had to do is you had to go to your computer Fire up GameSpy Arcade, which opened up a VPN tunnel to GameSpy and the other players you were playing with, okay? And then once the tunnel was open, then you go to your Xbox and you can go to Halo, which only had local multiplayer, and then you could start up the local multiplayer with other people. But this required you to go back and forth to your computer. And this is in an age before laptops were really, you know, uh, before a lot of people really had laptops. So my computer is upstairs. My Xbox is downstairs. Between matches, I'm running upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs to get these tunnels going and to chat with you because there was no headset, there's no voice communication, and I'm chatting, 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 and I'm like, okay, well, we're starting the game now, and I run back downstairs, and I'm back on the TV, and I play the game, and I have to run back upstairs. It was great exercise. And that's what we did before Xbox Live. That is how we played multiplayer games on console before xbox live you know what's what's frightening is that even after xbox live i remember when the original mario kart came out i think it was mario kart on the wii i think it was or no it was the gamecube maybe it was the gamecube because i think the, the mario kart on the wii actually did have online support i think it was mario kart on the gamecube they actually if you had the uh if you had the network adapter they actually had a service where you could use you could play mario kart over over that I want to say, and I know, and that's the one thing that surprised me is uh, apparently, like some of the, the the Wii and DS titles were still using GameSpy, yeah, which is one of the reasons that. why those services are getting shut down at the same time because they're still using that technology. Which, yeah, that's at this point. I mean, it sounds silly to say it, like you know, like well, about ten years old, maybe a little more than that, is archaic. But yeah, like 
I mean, that's the thing. Like, I remember hearing all about, like, Halo and all the people playing it. And, and then, like, Halo 2 comes out and they're like, hey, now you can play it online. And I'm like, you couldn't before? Like, how did that work? <laughs> like, so, yeah. It, it's. I mean, I even remember getting stuff like, uh, I want to say, well, uh, um, Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. You, like, that. You know, like you had the that came with the GameSpy arcade, so you could you know play with play with other people and that stuff. Yeah. So this, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, technology has advanced so much at this point for the games that most people play. I mean, I'm sure there are still people playing the original Boulder's Gate who are going to be upset that they can't you know run around and, with other people, um, you know, and explore explore the world that way. But the majority of games now have their own services. They have their own systems or they, they piggyback off other people's systems that yeah. Game spy arcade is a bit redundant, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's, it served its purpose for a time. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of sad to see that go. Yeah. I'm surprised. That's even I, I don't, like, I would, it was only legacy stuff really using it at this point, but it did have history and it had its place and it was awesome for a while. Actually, Borderlands, the original Borderlands used GameSpy. When I saw, when I played that in 2007, I think it was, and I loaded up Borderlands and said GameSpy, I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, this is what you're using? And then, of course, not Borderlands to use Steam, but still. Uh, Joel, you look so unimpressed by what we're talking about here. He's like, eh, <laughs> whatever. I, I didn't play a lot of multiplayer stuff before it wasn't couch multiplayer because i mean i didn't have a gaming rig until really god maybe a year and a half ago so i spent most of my time like most of the pc time i guess watching my buddies play stuff so i had no idea what was going on in the background whenever they would play anything i would just sit there like oh, the game's doing stuff now and now it's not so i'm just it's so far out of the loop for me <laughs> Like I said, I knew the symbol of GameSpy, but I had no clue what it even did. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I have fond memories of GameSpy. I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what you, to do. Dig up the history books. Read your own goddamn history. That's what, what, what are you saying? What, what do they teach you kids in Canada? Don't you, don't you learn anything about like what your 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 elders went through? No. <laughs> it's all. All future, no history classes. No need to learn about the past. That's that's why you have future shop, right? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, <God>. <laughs> anyway, that actually no. Let's. Is, is there anything? Like, the last time we did a, you know, what's coming out? There was nothing really coming out. I don't know of anything that's coming out. Watch I mean, Dog. Uh, is uh, Watch Dogs this month or is it next month? Next month. It's in May. What's what's t- today's the seventeenth? Today is the seventeenth. Uh, Dark Souls two for PC on the twenty fifth. Is that anything? Yeah, I mean that should be uh, Dark Souls two. Yeah, that should be pretty cool. Uh, NES Remix two on the twenty fifth for the Wii yeah, U. That was, it was kind of fun the first one. So, uh, Tesla Tesla Effect a Tex Murphy Adventure. On the twenty second for PC. No, Starlight Inception. Star Starlight Inception, also for PC on the twenty second. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. The show, the show comes out MLB fourteen. The show on May sixth. Um, uh, let's see. Ah, oh, shit. Oh, there's nothing even left on this list. 
<laughs> if you go down far enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Watch Dogs comes out next month, but that's about it. Well, once again, good time to catch up on that backlog, huh? Wait, when's uh, when's Mario Kart come out to save the Wii U? That's next month, too. That's next month. So and May May is looking like uh, it's going to be a good month. May should be a good month, but it's whenever Smash Brothers comes out. Because when mm-hmm. Smash Brothers comes out, that's going to get a lot of people, they're going to buy a lot of Wiis, and then they'll, both have, they'll have both Mario Kart and Smash Brothers to play. Did I hear that the DS version is going to come out before the Wii U version? I don't know. I think I, so. I, about that. I think so. I think I read that somewhere. Really? I didn't hear Yeah, that sounds about. familiar. Okay. Uh, was, the, was Nintendo at PAX? No. Wow. No. They, can't, they yeah. can't even afford to go to PAX anymore. The Wii U's been that bad for them. They made that announcement earlier that they weren't going to go to PAX. That's terrible. That's, so. yeah. But you have really nothing coming out, which I, you know what? I shouldn't say that because there's tons of indie shit coming out. Dude, I see, I get emails. The thing about the indie stuff is I get an email like a week before it comes out or a couple days before it comes out or that day or I see it on Steam. I'm just like, oh, okay. It would have been nice to know that this was coming out. You know, but uh, so there's going to be stuff coming out. A lot of indie stuff. We'll hopefully have it on the site, but nothing really big. Really big. All the good games already came out. There's no more good games ever. Mm. Well, yeah, Nick is right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go end on that goat note. Simulator. Yeah, go oh, that, goat oh. Simulator. You'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Goat Simulator. We just, I, when I opened up that document and I saw it was over 2,000 words, I'm like, of course it would be because Joel wrote this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't think it would be easy. I was like, I don't have much to say about this. And then it wouldn't stop. Can you, can you I gotta play, get better at reviews. Can, can you play Goat Simulator in the Oculus Rift? Actually, Probably. think you're a goat. Probably. That might be awesome. That commercial, the one, the video you put on the site was actually pretty funny. Oh God, the one that riffs that, on uh, Dead, Dead Island. Island. Yeah. Oh, Dead Island, yeah. That was fantastic. Oh yeah, you gotta watch it, Nick, if you haven't seen it. I'll have to check that out. It perfectly captures the spirit of the game. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this is actually the last MASHcast of the season. We will have a special edition coming up on Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe? Because uh, we, we, last month we sponsored a tournament, uh, Battlegrounds number 2 in Wyoming, New Jersey, and we're sponsoring Battlegrounds number 3, and so there were the guys who are, actually, the guy who runs the tournament and uh, one of the guys who streams the tournament. Uh, or, or the the event, they will. Bo- they're both going to come on the show, and they're going to talk about what happened last month, and what ha- what what they're thinking is going to happen this month. Because I know the first battlegrounds, a lot of it was a huge showing from from Philly. Philly came out, and they kind of dominated. Whereas uh, this one, uh, I think two two of the top, uh, the number one and two spots were both guys from Jersey. Good. Yeah. So you know, keeping it at home. Where, where did you say in Jersey that was? In Vineland. Vineland, okay. Yeah, it's in Vineland, so. Cool. Uh, if you can make it out, great. It's on the 26th, uh, I think. They're going to be running casuals and exhibitions up to like 3 or 4 o'clock, and then the tournaments actually start, so. Nice. Yeah, it, should, it, should, it was a lot of fun last time. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of fun this time, so if you can make it out, great. And uh, you should definitely listen to that special edition podcast when we, when we push it out. All right, so uh, as always, thank you for listening. 
Uh, we are, uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons. We are on iTunes. Uh, we are also on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices. Uh, we are on Twitter.com, which is Twitter.com slash MTV site. We're on Facebook, which is Facebook.com slash Mashless Buttons and YouTube.com slash Mashless Buttons. And as always, like I said, thank you for listening. We will be back in a few weeks, which is a lie because we have other podcasts we're going to do in the meantime. So yes. you'll hear from us. But the Mashcast is going to be is going to be on hold for a few weeks while we try to uh, we always try to make something a little better when it comes back. Like one thing I want Nick to stop doing is shaking his head in the camera and not saying anything. Well, if we're stream, well, I thought we were streaming now. People can actually see me shaking my head. No, we're not streaming the cameras. What? I'm too lazy for that. Oh, I, I, this is a spur of the moment thing. You know, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. One, it's like I, I don't. I'm like your hype man. I can't be all being all like, yeah, uh huh, yeah. When you're talking, because then it's like I'm talking over you just to be agreeing with you. You, you can't so talk I got, over me, Nick. I, I, exactly. So I got to <laughs> silently, I got to silently note that you are saying something that is factually correct. No, I'm just saying you can't talk over me. I'm pretty sure my voice would overpower yours. Yeah, I can't talk over you. <laughs> I just don't want people to see my Operation Raccoon City poster. Yeah. <laughs> You know, actually, your your camera doesn't look that bad today, Joel. Like, usually Joel uses potato cam. Mm. (laughs) Only the finest produce have been used to make this camera. (laughs) So, but yeah, we're going to be back in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully we'll we'll have some improvements. And uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. We will catch you guys in a few weeks. Unless you listen to the other podcast, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, have a great weekend, everybody. Have a, have a good one, guys. Good riddance to you. <laughs> Joel loves you. I do. I tease <laughs> because I care. <sighs> All right, guys, later. Yeah.